as I stepped on the moor for the first time in a little under a year, I told myself that it didn't resent my absence. It wasn't my jilted lover or a mother left to rot. If it did care about my return, it would have no way of showing me. All its little expressions, the Neolithic huts and stalagmiting granite ruins, were 10,000 years in the making. In any case, I would not be there long enough to hear what the moor had to say. Stood there once again, everything as it ever was, as it ever would be. I felt as if I could catch sight of every version of myself that had ever moved across this land. There were few signposts, but I followed my own waymarkers. The angry little dog that screamed from the green gate by the road. A circle of burnt gorse with crisp limbs. The paddock of Shetland ponies, bouncing across the field. The evening hadn't fully fallen yet. Instead, the moors burnt orange. Gorse bushes were blooming on the banks. Small cups of flowers that uncurled a bright yellow. I picked the petals, sniffed them, crushed them between my fingers. I thought of making tea. Imagined being a person who forages and makes the most out of everything. The flowers smelled like coconut, and the scent would linger on my hands for the rest of the evening. But I wouldn't recognize it until later in the night, when I wiped sleep from my eyes and was transported somewhere tropical. I took a detour on my way to the house, climbing up a bank into towering bracken. Rounding a corner, it loomed over me, just as I remembered. Stood on Pendrift Downs, Jubilee Rock. I had always found it humbling, this thing that was named 200 years ago, Sidestepping the tufts of baby gorse creeping by my feet, I rounded the rock, reaching the carving on its flattest side. A coat of arms, larger than a grown man, was etched into it in 1810. The creatures that flanked either side of the shield looked like lions, but there was something off about them. Partway down, they devolved from lion to sea creature. I wanted to see the fault that had been branded on the rock's side. I traced my fingers across the lion's mane, over the whipping tongues, and then lower, where, instead of hind legs, there were mermaid tails and ridges that lined the backs of the lions like the fins of seahorses. I had always imagined this carving was an act of rebellion. A young man left to work alone by gaslight, toiling through the night as he committed the image to rock, deciding to make his own history. With Jubilee Rock blocking my view of anything apart from the waist-high bracken, I felt like I could stay just there and forget about Trewarnan completely. When night fell, 
I could shelter by the rock. In the morning, I could drink water from the stream. I would turn my trousers up at the ankles and stand barefoot in the river, catching brown trout with my hands, or maybe even a freshwater eel, if I could bear the whistle of its slimy skin against my fingers. I would carry them back to my rock, fingers hooked through gills, eels worn around my wrists like cuffs. I'd find flint in amongst the old ruins and start a fire as the fish baked in the afternoon heat on the hot stone. Roast them on a spit. In summer, I would pick elderberries. In autumn, blackberries. I would crush furred nettle leaves between hardened fingers and stew them in water over my fire for tea.